Hello there. My name is D. Yvonne Rivers. I am the hopes for Birth Moms Real Talk podcast. This is a platform for birth or natural mothers to share about their journeys, to share about their stories. We cover the hot topics, the things where no one else will talk about or go there. We cover the truth. We cover grace and healing. This is a place where birth moms and natural mothers can share their journeys. We are not therapists. We do not give advice. So get your therapist. We listen and we allow birth moms and natural moms to share their story. Listen in. Good day, everyone. My name is D. Yvonne Rivers. I'm your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a platform where you hear from birth moms who share their story, they share their journey, and you get a chance to listen in like you got your ear up against a window. I am so happy to have here today with me as my guest, Beth. Welcome, Beth. Hi, Yvonne. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you as all birth moms. Everyone has a story. We all have a similar combination of being a birth mom, but our stories are just so different. And it's just been a joy this past year, nearly a half, year and a half, to really share the stories and the journeys of birth moms. So I'm going to ask you or turn the floor over to you to sort of stop talking about, give us a little bit maybe about your background and growing up, and then leading up to when you became a birth mom. Okay? All righty. Great. Well, thank you again. Um, Yes, my background is that um, I came from a very dysfunctional family. Uh, where my mother was very imbalanced. Uh, She was of a religion that couldn't take medication and she needed, um, she needed it. She needed medication. And so she was very abusive verbally and physically and so on. And it caused a lot of problems between my parents and, and, uh, and the children too were, were very much abused. So you have that, siblings you want to talk about? I do, I do. I'm the youngest. Okay. I, I'm the youngest of um, essentially what started out to be six okay. children, uh, but my parents lost their uh, one of the set of twins that were the first children born oh, to wow. them. Okay. And so um, there was grieving that I'm sure was not handled properly in, mm-hmm. in the 40s. You right, know. yeah. Um, and um, my parents, uh, I think, started out on a bad foot because of that. Mm. Uh, it was just, it, it caused a, a fissure between them. My father was very unemotional and mm-hmm. practical, and my mother was very emotional. And as I said, she needed medication, but she never mm-hmm. took it because of her religion. So, Now, were you made aware of the other siblings knew about the loss of the twins? Uh, there were stories told. Okay. Um, my mother, when she would tell the story, it was like she was still there. Mm -hmm. Uh, it had, it hadn't, well, it hadn't been shared with her that she had lost a twin Mm -hmm. and she found out a week later when she hemorrhaged. And Mm -hmm. so, um, and a nurse happened to say, oh, that's the second placenta from the twin. And my mother was shocked. And then of course she was mad at my father and the way my father would describe it many years later is that he just didn't have the money. Mm. And uh, so the baby was disposed of. 
and my mother he thought well you know I grew up on a farm and we had death all the time you know mm. and so he was pretty cavalier about it mm. but later in his life when I asked him about the incident and he said that it was just uh, it was probably the wrong choice you know he should have told her and but it was way too late. <laughs> I mean, right, right. You know, and just talking about that, just saying the words you just said, cavalier, because death or grieving of any sort is not simple. No. It's not simple. And it affects no, you whether you show it or talk about it or not. It's exactly. That effect. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So in my view, my parents' marriage was on the rocks from that moment on. Okay. And, okay. um, and I don't think she ever forgave him. And as I said, when she would retell that story, she would just go there, and right, it would right. be, it would be very clear that she had never gotten over it, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, understandably so. Mm -hmm. It's but, like I heard us saying, "Is it what we do not deal with, it, it will come back." Oh, absolutely. It will come back. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So go ahead with your yeah. story growing up. Mm -hmm. so, um, so they lived in Massachusetts, and then after um, oh, a time, they had by then three children. My, my second brother and then my sister were born, and then in 1946 they moved to California mm. and uh, later had uh, my brother Richard and myself. And um, my mother continued being a Christian scientist. And when Richard was born, um, two years before me, uh, he, he was a blue baby. And mm. so, uh, but my mother didn't get medical care for him. So the way he grew up and me beside him as almost a twin, um, he was he was always uh, his lips were turning purple wow. you know and he would have to rest and um, because of her religion he just wouldn't tell her and oh, wow. I would beg him to tell her and he would say no you know I mean she's not gonna do anything you know oh, wow. and so um, so we grew up like that and then also there was that hypocrisy and injustice of the beatings and the the verbal abuse and to me I mean it just it just set me on a course of anger and rebellion right. and and um, I think my brother was um, scared uh, to counter her mm -hmm. and um, well because, isn't that yeah. you know you've just described an environment I'll put it that way Mm -hmm. on whether it was your mom, your dad, or just you mentioned dysfunction. And that comes in so many different aspects, yeah. so many different phases. And, and I yeah. use that terminology because no matter what the circumstances, it affected you. Yes. It affected Absolutely. you. Yeah. Well, yeah. observing, I mean, I, I, wasn't as, I wasn't as abused as the others, but I mm -hmm. observed it. I watched mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Mm -hmm. There were times when I would be outside of a door where my brother was being beaten and I would just wonder what could I do? What wow. can I do? You know, and it also sets up um, kind of a split 
life. You know, from the outside, yeah. we look very normal. Yeah. You know, we had a nice home, and uh, my father worked. He was he was very responsible, right. um, but he was also abused, and and I think he abused uh, her in other yeah. ways. Like he went out on her, and yeah. I think there was one story where he even brought a woman home wow. to tell my mother that he loved her, and I don't know. I, I don't know how many of those stories were true or exactly. just, you know, yeah. it's, it yeah. was their business and it was inappropriately shared yeah. with us. Yeah. Well, that and generation so. you speak about when, and I use the word, not likely abusers become abusers because right. if that's what you know or what right. you've been exposed to until you get the help or the work. Oh, or absolutely. do your own grieving. You mentioned about for is that they really do their grieving for the loss of the, right. the children before. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and so so there were stories and and then there were things that I observed and you know but there was this constant she didn't ever want to have children. Mm. And she'd she'd when she'd go into a rage she'd say I never wanted any of you wow. <laughs> and I kept thinking and I'm the last one so she probably <laughs> wanted me the least <laughs> oh my goodness but, do you remember what age you were when you first heard that and how did you feel I mean how did that make well, you feel well yeah it made me feel like I shouldn't be there you yeah, know and yeah. and uh there was quite a gap between the older children and Richard and I and um and so we were, uh, it was like they were our babysitters sometimes, mm, and, okay. and we were just the younger family, you know. Right, right. But my parents split up when I was seven. My father was told to leave one day, mm -hmm. and that's all that we were told. He's gone. Wow. And then there were court cases that went on for years and years where we had to be in the judges' chambers, Richard and I. It was very traumatic. The whole thing was very, very difficult. Um, hiding in the dark when my mm -hmm. father came for his visitations and he remarried. Um, now go then, back. You said hiding in the dark. So you did have visitations. You saw your dad after the divorce, but right. what was the hiding for a short in the dark? time? Well, my mom didn't want us to see him, so oh, okay. she would have us hide when he'd come. Okay so that he couldn't know that we were home, so that he okay. wouldn't realize. And, and then he'd send the sheriff, and right. the sheriff would be pounding on the door, oh, and goodness. I'd be like so scared that they were gonna take my mother to jail. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I was seven. Okay. So uh, when they divorced, so I was, you know, pretty young, uh, I think, for going through something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, but. Um, yeah, so it was it was really difficult for many years. Yeah. And then my older siblings got married, as they would, and right. escaped. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good word, you know. I don't know if you heard my story. I've used that. I escaped from my home yeah. when I was 18. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, I take it back. I use breakout. I broke out. <laughs> oh, That's what okay. I said. I broke out. I broke yeah. out. Yeah. I just listened to your story. And, and, <laughs> yeah. Again. And it, yeah. yeah. So, um, so 
they they got away and I kept thinking in the back of my mind I've got to get away you okay, know okay. I have to leave right, I have to find right. a way yeah. but um, but time went on and all this stuff was happening and it was just very tumultuous um, and finally when I was 13 we hadn't seen my father in a while uh, I think she won the court case I, okay. I don't know how but um, I don't know all the details but uh, but then my dad one day drove up with his wife on my way to school and said, would you like to be kidnapped? <laughs> and, <laughs> Were those the words? Yes, yes. And he so and his Beth, wife, he, she, he, she said, he's asked you, do you want to be kidnapped? Yes. Okay. okay. And, uh, and the thought was that now that I was 13, I could choose who I wanted oh. to live with. And they would just, they, so we planned, I brought some clothes on a Friday and they took me away and they kept me for the summer. Okay. But, and my Your mother was, knew that. Your mom well, knew. she was pretty devastated, but okay. yeah. Okay. She eventually, you know, we had to tell her where I was. Right, right. And um and then my father's wife got very jealous and he took me to my brother and his wife's house because she threatened to divorce him and mm. um again it was very complicated. I lost right. all my friends, I was right. displaced and feeling like it was all my fault and Nobody wanted me and that sort of thing. And so this was maybe at least your second rejection? You said you're feeling I, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and my dad just told me, you know, I can't go through another divorce, so you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Really, okay. It's like, okay, something has got to happen and it's not going to be me. So exactly. Beth is going to take the, the hook or whatever for it. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. So my brother and his wife, my oldest brother and his wife, very kind and good people. Um, surprisingly for all my brother had gone through, uh, but he has a lovely wife. And uh, they took me in and then my mother called one day and, she, and I happened to be home alone and she begged me to come back and she and Richard had moved close to the beach and they had formed a new life okay. and uh, so I I agreed to go back with them but I had some terms and it ended up that she had lied to me she wouldn't let me date when I finally moved in with them and she would she would just was as awful as she was before Wow. Now think about it. I like to always talk to the moms about the things you've been through. Now you at that time 13? Were you 13? Mm -hmm. You were making some, I like when you said, I had some terms. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're a 13 year old who knew that she needed terms to come back into the right. house. And right. that was very mature for you. For, as you say, not only what you, your brother Richard, what you had gone through. So yeah. you were surviving and really was ready to thrive with my terms of coming back in. Right. Home. Yeah. And they were pretty, I mean, they were pretty uh, small. I okay. wanted to be able to smoke. Okay. <laughs> were, you a smoke, were you smoking then? 
Well, I had started smoking over the summer because okay. now I was, you know, they, my, my dad and his wife worked full time. I was left alone the whole summer. I'd never oh, been on my own. Okay. So I, you know, what do you do? Well, I started smoking. Okay. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, there were other things that, that I did, but um, anyway. Such I, as? I mean, this is uh, well, intriguing now here, Beth. He's like, well, okay. there, was a, there was an older guy across the street, and okay. he had his eye on me, and I led him into my ha to their house while they were gone, and mm -hmm. he perpetrated upon me, mm -hmm. I have to say. He was 19, and I was 13, and, mm -hmm. you know, so he sort of forced things, and... and uh, Pause, so, pause, put a pen in it because you said other things. So all of these are these other things. And I'm just yeah. bringing this up again, not, not right. to grill you or whatever. Those thing, other things made an impact on you. You were 13 right. years old. Right. So right. I, I say that and I bring that up to moms is just recognize what you've been through. Recognize what you've been through. That's true. Yeah, I, yeah. I meant to leave that out, but, but it's true. Yeah, it did happen. Yeah. yeah and yeah. yeah. And he yeah. wanted to do more he wanted to put me in in the in the porn star mm. thing. Mm. You know, and and that that really scared me cuz right. I thought well then then people will see, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um and so yeah. it yeah. was that was part of of my experience. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and our experiences affect us. They do. Whatever they, they do. Are. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. Mm so, um, back to living with, with my mother again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Richard and I kind of had an awkward relationship by then because I had gone and, you know, things were a little different. He mm -hmm. was worried that I was going to bring trouble and mm -hmm. which I did. Um, there was a boyfriend who asked my mom if he could date me and he said, I'll respect her. I won't touch her. I promise you. Um, and my mom said no. And so mm. I lost that boyfriend. And I, I was so angry because I thought, Here, here's a guy who's being straight up nice mm -hmm. and honest with you. And mm -hmm. he was respectful to me. Okay. And you won't even let me go out with him. And so the way she handled that is that she moved us down closer to the beach so my brother could do his sailing and and they could, you know, have their beach life, which is what they had kind of started doing okay. in the other town. Okay. And so we moved closer to the beach, the richest place in California, I think, the richest city. Okay. But we, but my mom got a deal on a house, and it was cheap enough, and we were very poor, so we were kind of lucky, and it was mm -hmm. a beautiful place, you okay. know. Okay. But I didn't fit in. Because wow. we were poor and I didn't have any friends. My brother had his sailing and his, he was very intellectual, so he had those friends. And I was neither of those things. I wasn't a sailor and I wasn't intellectual. <laughs> wow. Well, how would you describe yourself? You said you didn't fit into uh, the people around, the neighborhood. Right. Um, well, I, I just was very shy. Okay. I had always been shy, mm -hmm. um, very introverted, and but I was very pretty. And when I look, mm -hmm. I didn't know that at the time. Uh, but okay. when I look back on pictures, I go, wow, yeah. you were really pretty. That's <laughs> right. But you weren't able to say those words then. 
No. Okay. And I didn't okay. know why I was getting a lot of attention okay. from boys and men okay. and stuff. And okay. um, so, so there we are at the beach, and my brother and I got little jobs, and and uh, it was it was really nice for that summer. This was the summer of 1967. Okay. And lots of tourists and bustling and all that. So outside of the home, I was very happy. Okay. And then in the fall, I got really mad at my mom one day I had cleaned the whole house and she came home and she had her Christian science monitor all over the floor and she was exhausted mm -hmm. but she fell asleep and I just stormed out of the house you know mm. as teenagers will right. and um, went to the beach and a guy approached me a really mm -hmm. cute boy mm -hmm. named Pat and he kind of giggled and he says, what do you like to do? And I said, oh, I like to clean house. <laughs> <laughs> did you really say that then? I did. Oh my I goodness. Because I was really perseverating on why I was mad, you know, okay. and I thought, well, what I, what I like to do is organize things. And okay. I really think, honestly, I think that to this day, that's a big thing for me because it helped me to gain control of my environment. Yes, yes. Yeah. When they say it's something uh, regarding things in place that allows yeah. you control over at least that. If you're, exactly. if you're out of control of all the other things, if you can be in control of your space around you, exactly. how you have your things, whether it's pens here, pads here, or whatever else. I understand. Yes. Yeah, yes. I see that. It's, it's I see that. Very much so. So, yeah, yeah I that's what I answered. That was what was okay. foremost on my mind. Okay. And he said, well, you can come clean my house. <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly, I followed him to his house. Wow. And I started doing dishes. And I was just like, well, maybe he'll appreciate it at least, you know, <laughs> and he'll be someone that I know because I so have now, no was friends. So now was this his house, his parents' house, or...? What he was, was uh, he was 17 and okay. he'd been kicked out because of his long hair oh, um, okay. and uh, his two brothers had been to Vietnam, his oldest brother, their father had died, his mm. mother was grieving and his oldest brother just kind of took charge and said either cut your hair or leave and he mm. was the youngest too. Mm -hmm. So um, he left, I mean okay. he's stubborn. So uh, he moved in with two older guys, and he had a job. I think he'd okay. gotten his GED, okay. and he was just a really nice guy. I really loved his energy. He mm -hmm. was he was positive. He had a nice little giggle. He was cute, and he needed his house cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wanted it after you told him that's what you loved to do. <laughs> right, exactly. I brought it up. Yes. Yes, yeah, so it was definitely my fault. So. Um, <laughs> So, or I should take responsibility for that. <laughs> but then soon we were lovers, and mm -hmm. uh, that was easy, mm -hmm. really easy, because he was so, he just, his arms around me, it was just wonderful. Mm -hmm. But neither of us were good communicators. We never discussed what our relationship was. I was just grateful that he wasn't asking me for dates because I couldn't go on them. And so I would well, just Well, how did you get in. to see him? Okay, you about to tell yeah. me. Okay, I'll yeah. just Yeah, <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Okay. I, you know, I took the bus to school and back, and then before I went home, and while my mother was still at work, I would just stop in, and we would have our little moments, mm -hmm. uh, maybe an hour, maybe two, and then I'd come home before my mom got home. 
So nobody was any the wiser. And Pat was happy with that. You know, I mean, what guy doesn't want a beautiful blonde woman coming over to visit, you know? And uh, his roommates would tease him, you know, you're really lucky, you know? But I didn't think of it that way. I thought we were, I thought we were, I just thought of him as my special person, Mm, you know? He was kind of my, my secret. Um, and, uh, while it was working that way for him, for me, it was really meeting a need. So Um, it was you, as you say, his arms around you that made you feel secure as if you hadn't been before and wanted. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. I had finally found someone who didn't demand anything of me Mm -hmm. and he didn't even know my last name. Wow. I knew his, and uh-huh. I knew, you know, he would tell me about his brothers and his mother and all that, and his right. father. And uh, we would have these chats, but I really didn't disclose anything because I didn't want him looking for me because then oh. my mother would find out and, yeah, you know, but he didn't really ask either. So, that was a lot um, of pressure, Beth. Yeah. On you. Yeah. Of keeping it, the, I had a your different life with, with him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I had a secret life, and mm-hmm. I was happy with that. I, okay. I liked okay. it. Okay. And then one day, um, I mean, we were both very naive. Uh, his method of birth control mm-hmm. um, didn't work. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think I just made you pregnant. <laughs> mm, really? And, uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, I mean, I don't think I got pregnant in that moment, but he okay. thought that he had messed up, right. you know. Right, And so... We both thought immediately that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, how naive, right? Mm-hmm. And as a Christian scientist, I'd never had health classes. I wasn't allowed to learn about the body or anything. And mm-hmm. so I didn't really know. I mean, I knew I had a period. That's what okay. I knew. Okay. So um, I you may did, or may not have gotten pregnant that moment. You did know that sex, yet you could get pregnant. I knew that. I knew that sex would make me pregnant. I just didn't know how all that worked. You okay. know, like okay. how immediate it was, or right. you know, right. like what happened next, or mm-hmm. anything. Um, and I kind of knew that if you didn't have a period, you would probably okay. be pregnant. Okay. A friend okay. in the last school I'd been in before we moved had given herself an abortion mm. with a coat hanger Amazing. in a gas station. And I never heard from her again. So right. I don't know what happened to her. Yeah. So yeah. I knew that there were consequences, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I was very afraid. Yes. Uh, his roommates told me, uh, maybe you should take some quinine. We heard that will work. I took it. It didn't. It just made me very ill. My mother. Now, had you confirmed that you were pregnant before no. you? No. Okay. Uh, I you mean, just we just thought... assumed. Yeah, oh, we just assumed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But we kept doing what we were doing. Okay. And so, um, and we really, after the quinine didn't work, we just, I didn't know what to say, and he didn't know what to say. And, yeah. And the months went on, you know, and my yeah. mother was getting very suspicious because I was tired, and mm-hmm. and she would say, you know, what's wrong with you? And mm-hmm. she would kind of accusingly, you know, Did she Did she think you were pregnant? Me. Did she think I you think were that's pregnant? what she was alluding okay. to, but she couldn't say she it. She couldn't say the words. Right, okay. right. Okay. And then she started putting more restrictions on me. My brother had to go with me everywhere, and mm. and um, 
you know, and it was got worse and worse. And then mm -hmm. in December, so I was probably two or three months pregnant in December, and uh, and my brother was going to be with his friends to play pool and I went with him and I got tired and wanted to go home but he didn't want to go home so one of his friends offered and this guy wanted to walk on the ocean side of the beach and and then he attacked me on the beach mm -hmm. and uh, and he kept pushing and pushing and I kept pushing him back and I finally said I'm pregnant stop it and he just he just went crazy he said you know how could you be pregnant i've been have i've had my eye on you i've wanted you all this time and i didn't even know this guy you know i'd seen him a couple of times with my brother and uh then he suddenly said oh i'm going to help you i'm going to get you a doctor you just have to get 300 dollars from this guy who got you pregnant and Wow, you've very been complicated. Stop, stop for a minute. Stop for a minute. <laughs> yeah. You have been through some stuff. You yeah. Know, one part of Birth Mom's Real, real Talk is the real talk. <laughs> yeah. And really to acknowledge all the things. Because you were how old at this time? I was 15 now. By okay. now I had okay. turned 15. Okay. Yeah, I turned okay. 15 in October. Okay. So. so here he is. He's yeah. offering to help you. For yeah, he said, okay. yeah, he said, you get the money from the guy, mm -hmm. and, uh, and my, I, my mother knows she gets abortions all the time, so do her friends. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he said, I can help you, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is a blessing, you know, this is incredible, mm. you know, I, mm. I need to do this. And so I went to Pat, and I said, I need $300 for an abortion, and he just said, I don't have any money. I can't even pay my rent, but I'll marry you. <laughs> so, so <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny, but he did. I mean, that was his response. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. And I thought, my first two thoughts were, well, then I, I'm going to have to tell my mom I'm pregnant. Do you, do you understand that that's the problem? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't let her find out. She'll kill us both. Mm. And that's what was going on in my head, but I couldn't articulate it. So instead, mm -hmm. I said, well, she doesn't even let me date. I'm pretty sure she's not going to let me marry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I guess you're right. And I said, okay, well, I guess I'll just handle this. And he let me go. Hmm. He, he let me go. He let me walk away. And so I had to be with this guy, Bill, because one of his criteria for helping me was that I become his girlfriend. Okay. You and have it was had, ugly. You're age 15. You've yeah. talked about from the age of seven with that grief and trauma of your dad leaving. Then spending a short time with your dad and his wife. Right. Being asked to leave and then spending time with your older brother. And now these two different relationships, I'm just trying right. to just stack it up with that, uh, the trauma, upon trauma, upon trauma, upon right. trauma. Right. And you're 15. And again, right. I'll say, you went through a lot, but you're still going. You're, you're, you're persistent of what's best for Beth. Because when you just said, 
I'll take care of it. So you were walking in the solutions that were there for you. Right. With that. The best you could. The best you could. Thank you for that. Really, with that. Okay. So you moved on to be with your new boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. And he was abusive. He was a drunk already. He was Mm -hmm. only 16, and he'd been drinking since he was 12. Mm -hmm. And um, with his mother and... uh, he had been abused a lot by his father who had left and abandoned four kids and mm-hmm. his wife and you know everyone has their story right yes and yes yes his was his was deeply painful but yeah, he took it yeah. out on me right. and yeah. um i didn't like him didn't like him at all but i was i mean admittedly i was using him mm-hmm. and um but i couldn't get the money so we never talked about it again. I assumed he was still trying to help me. Now, but, was it um, ever verified at this time that you were pregnant? Well, I knew that I hadn't had a period okay. in all those okay. months. Okay. And I knew that my body was changing a little bit. Okay. And I was tired a lot. And the things my mother had been accusing me of, you know, the things she had noticed. Right. And then one day, somewhere in February, maybe the end of February, she came and said, I've been checking the trash cans and you haven't had a period and I know you're pregnant. And I denied it again, this time kind of sassily. And, uh, and she took my guitar that was sitting next to me and she beat me with it. And she beat me with it so badly I know, I know. that the next day my teacher at school, at high school, um, put me in protective custody. Wow, I'm so sorry, Beth. Well, that's what I'd been afraid of, you know, is that she was gonna do what I'd witnessed all those years that she had done to others. So I knew it would happen and she did it. And so I don't even remember how it ended or anything, but the next day at school, I was in protective custody and then Mm -hmm. When she was called and she said, well, she's incorrigible, they gave me back to her. Because in those days, you could beat your children. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you know? uh, we're talking when? This was the 60s? 1967. Wow. wow. Well, that, by now it had been 68 because it was February. Yeah. So it turned 68. I am but. so sorry. And because, it's, it's not the because, it's the fact of what people have been through in life. Yeah. And and I say this all the time. Most of us don't look like what we've been through. Right. <laughs> most of us do not look like what we've been through. Right. Because all the things that you described, other than the physical and the beatings and what you're just speaking of, people yeah. have no clue. And, and I say that specifically is in today's society, just in general, recognize that people have been hurt, traumatized, yes. and they need love and compassion and Absolutely. grace and healing in their life you, you're talking all the things of course I didn't know your story but there are many other stories of different yeah. aspects but we all need the same thing that healing yes that healing that gra- yes. that grace to recognize you are a person you're a human being you deserve to be loved you deserve yes. to be cared for you deserve to have that grace and get your healing and only when we search for that 
that that will give us the fortitude. And I have to say, Beth, you had that fortitude yourself and persevering that you made it through. Yeah, you made you. it through. Absolutely. You. So you've been through a lot. So next steps after you in protective custody was what? Well, they they gave me back to my mother and uh, Bill kept persisting. He now that he couldn't see me outside of of uh, school, he insisted that we see each other at lunch, and so he picked the place. It was an isolated place so that he could make out with me and you know get what he wanted. And he chose a place right in front of the superintendent's office, <laughs> and the superintendent called the school and said, "Hey, you know, look what's going on in front of me." And so Bill ended up telling them that I was pregnant and they expelled me on the spot. Wow. But what did your mother say when she accused you and said she knew you were pregnant? What was her next steps for you knowing you're pregnant? Well, she beat me with the guitar yeah. until it was in small pieces. And I don't really, I think I've blocked out what, how we got away from that fight. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't remember her stopping beating me. But you, but you were placed back in her home. Yes. So when you were placed back there, did she say anything about moving forward with your pregnancy or, or no. what? No, because I hadn't admitted it yet. Okay. Still, okay. I, I okay. had denied it again. Okay. And so when the school expelled me because Bill told them that I was pregnant, mm -hmm. which I hadn't told him he could tell her, you know, mm -hmm. tell the school. Right, right. Um... I was expelled, so then it was kind of obvious that I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even and though that it simply was the way it was in the '60s. I oh, mean, absolutely. That is what you at the first sign or yes. whatever the girl had to leave school. Period. Right. No explanations. No nothing. Okay. I wasn't given a leave or suspended. Okay. I was expelled. They told okay. me, "Do not come back." Wow. Wow. And uh, you know, you're not worthy, basically. And it was a yeah. rich school. I, yeah. you know. Okay. It was one of those kinds of things, too. But um, so she, my mom said, now that I was at home, I needed to spend my time trying to get a miscarriage by praying about it. <laughs> mm. And so I had to read the books and study and do all this stuff. And, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, so she started looking for a place to put me and she found Booth Memorial, which is in Los Angeles, okay. uh, about an hour away. And, um, and then she took me to a doctor to confirm because they needed that mm -hmm. to, you know, confirmation. Mm -hmm. And on April 11th, 1968, um, my brother, who had had a cold, um, drove. His he was a student driver in his senior year. And... Um, my mother was in the front seat, I was in the back, and all the way to L.A., there were no words, nobody said anything. Mm -hmm. And then they just dropped me off, and um, then it was just unceremoniously, I was signed away. Now, did you and know that's where they were taking you? I knew that it was a home for unwed mothers. Okay, okay. Um, okay. I did know that, right. Okay. And so I had two really nice roommates, um, different stories they they had loved someone and it was all very sad but you know 
theirs was a love story, and mine, I wasn't sure. Right, <laughs> you know, sure. And, and sure. it was complicated, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so time went on. Bill found out where I was. He and his mother came to take me to lunch, and the first thing his mother said to me was, if you had only told me, I could have helped you. So Bill had never told his mother. He had never tried to get help for me. Um, and that was, that was a horrible moment. I looked at him and he just kind of gave me this weird grin, wow. you know. And, but later he told me, you know, I'm the only person who will ever love you because you're damaged goods and look yeah. at your body, you know. At 15, you're ruined, nobody's going to want you, and so on. Mm -hmm. So I kept seeing him. Plus, he was the connection to my brother, who was getting sicker by the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, when he would call me, he would say, oh, your brother is dying. And I'd think, you know, mm -hmm. you lied to me before. I don't believe you. And I don't believe my mother would let my brother die. Mm -hmm. But a month went by, and Bill told me, you better come and see your brother. So I crawled down the fire escape one early one morning oh, of the home and made my way to the bus station in L.A. And um, that's a whole other experience. <laughs> well, but, we've got a suspense drama here, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, it's, but it's life. It's yeah. life, Beth. It's, it's life. true. So yeah. and what, what? how many months were you, you climbing down a pole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, well, it was a fire escape, oh, right. but okay, okay. at the bottom you have to jump off. And I was, I was, uh, so it was May uh, 24th by now. So I'd gone in, so I was about six, six months, okay, five okay. months pregnant okay. maybe. Okay. And, um, and he picked me, Bill picked me up in Huntington Beach and dropped me off at my at the new house because my mother had now moved again mm. because she was ashamed of me you know mm. and and so I came into the house and Richard was there alone and my god he was so thin he couldn't hold wow. his own head up he 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 was dying wow. and he looked at me I, I looked at him and I said Richard look at you you're so different and he said well look at you <laughs> <laughs> and and we both just kind of were shocked and yeah. I could only stay an hour but he told me how his heart had changed in his chest and and he knew he was dying Wow! and so I went back to the home uh, Bill took me back and it was the one nice thing that he had ever done to me and I mm. would I will always be grateful for that mm. uh, my brother died three days later my goodness. Because yeah, he my was, mother, what, two years, so he was, what, 16? Yeah, he was 17. 17. Yeah. Oh, Just wow. about to graduate Sorry. high school. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and he, uh, so my mother came to tell me that Richard had died, and I just couldn't believe it. And maybe because now I was pregnant, I just felt such compassion for her. Yeah. I just thought, my gosh, how could she lose her child like that? Yeah. And yeah. um, so we, she took me out to, you know, for the process of, I don't know, dealing with my brother's death. And, mm -hmm. and uh, 
I was gone for a week, but during that week was my brother's funeral, but she wouldn't let me go to the funeral because she mm -hmm. was still ashamed. And then she didn't want to go because she knew my father would be there. And he hadn't yeah. seen my brother in four years, and now my brother's dead, and he hadn't mm -hmm. seen me in two years, and now I'm pregnant. And when my mom found out that my sister told my dad that I was pregnant, she went into another rage. Wow. She knocked over my sister's little two-year-old to get out the door and I ran after her thinking she's going to kill herself mm. and jumped in the back of her car. She didn't even know I was in there. It was a horrible ride down the freeway and then she realized I was there. She drove me back and said, you take her. I don't want her. And my sister and brother-in-law took me back to the home. Mm. So that was no grieving for my brother, right. no yeah. no time to deal with anything, yeah. just so much more shame. And, um, and I don't remember those next two months, but my right. baby was born August 7th, 1968, okay. Okay. and, and um, a 12-hour delivery or, you know, mm -hmm. labor, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't let me see him. And, of course, mm -hmm. they had brainwashed us all to... Mm -hmm to that you know yeah. this isn't your child yeah. you're going to give them away to you know more deserving people and all the rhetoric that you've heard so right. much about right. with right. with uh, social workers and that and so I didn't see him and then two weeks later the social worker came for me to sign papers mm -hmm. and she asked if I would like to hold him and see mm -hmm. him and and I did, and I, wow. I couldn't believe this little bundle mm. w had come from me and right. was real, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was so sweet, and yeah. I, I never understood. I, I, I won't say I didn't understand what I was signing, but it was, I didn't read it. <laughs> right. And right. I didn't have representation. My mother hadn't yeah. gone with me. She said, yeah. you know, she said, you can't bring that baby home. That's all I'm telling you. Right, right. And, uh, well, it was and, sort of like the expectation by taking you to Booth that that's how it was. Is right. That you came there to have your baby right. to be placed in adoption. Exactly. So like, almost like a given. Right. And every choice. meeting that they would have with the social worker and, and the pregnant mother, you know, mm -hmm. it would always be about that. It mm -hmm. would it would be, you know, these parents are waiting and, you know, mm. we have this and we have that and uh, you're, everything's in place, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, don't change your mind and your child's going to be called a bastard, you're going to be on welfare, you're going to, you know, you need to get educated, you have nothing to offer and yeah. it was a long process of brainwashing in my book. And, and it's just so amazing to me, Beth, because just of what you're saying that you experienced, most of us did. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm like that thinker. I'm like, how did they all get the same script? You know, it was the same exactly. script. It was the same exactly. words that were said in different states, in different scenarios and whatever. 
it's like it's like that's that's how it was in society that anyone who became pregnant out of wedlock you know that that whole thing and uh, you know you mentioned for is what the child be called i I heard a lot for is illegitimate i i couldn't wrap my how can a child be illegitimate it's it's born it's a person right so how is it It, it's yeah it really is here you know so i mean (laughs) and i never could understand how it was just so messed up yes (laughs) it really really was yeah Yeah. but the word bastard was used and in my case and it was frightening to me that that my child would would have that as a moniker you know Mm -hmm. that would have to go through as a label well that's what they say and Mm -hmm. they i don't pay attention to they because i because but but when you're in that scenario when you have so many people saying the same thing that's why moms we are so strong because we made it through that no matter what they call us we knew we loved our child we knew that and nobody was taking that from us no one no one absolutely yeah it's interesting though there's a disconnect when you're told you're not going to keep your child you're basically having the child for someone else Mm -hmm. you know you do have this sort of disconnect Mm -hmm. you know it's Mm -hmm. it's uh it's a protection mechanism, I'm yes. assuming, because you, you can't bond. You can't right. think about the future. You're not going to celebrate. Right. Um, right. Nobody should know about it. You right. know, you can go on with your life like yeah. it never happened. It's, well, it's that's what the a, secrecy, that they wanted to keep the yeah. secrecy to keep supposedly the shame. And I say supposedly right. the shame because they were, most were young, birth moms are young, or even at yeah. any particular age, it was just that shame they were putting on you. And right. that's the key thing now of being able right. to know who you are and yes. specifying that. And I will say this, I say it again and again, that birth bond, bond, no matter whether you're with your child or not, or they may try to take it from, that doesn't change. That can never be changed. That can never be changed. It's that whole thing. You you stuff the feelings because they're so deep. Emotions are just so deep of the fact of what we went through. And that's much less not having a for all. Because I'm back again. All this podcast we've been talking about. All the traumas you've been through. And uh, whether it's trauma or not. The whole incident of being a birth mom is a trauma. Period. That itself. If nothing else was happening. If nothing else was happening, that's the trauma. And recognizing the trauma is re- is recognizing and the first step to healing. Right. The first step to healing. So I'm so glad you had, and I said, birth moms who are sharing their story, everybody listening, it takes courage. It takes courage to come on here and actually share your truth, share your story. Because you, you're talking about what you went through at the same time, how you can grieve and how you're getting over it. You're still here, Beth. Yeah. <laughs> you're still here. And I just congratulate and applaud the fact that you made it through. So Thank let's you. just sort of continue on with, um, and we wanted to get to for is the uh, hot topic, but you've got some more on your rest of your story. I do. I do. And that's, that's unfortunate because it doesn't get better for a long time. Um, but I, um, yeah, so I signed the papers. Um, Bill had told me I, I couldn't see him. I couldn't hold him. I couldn't name him, but I did all that. I got, I even got a picture of him, uh, okay. because I knew that, uh, that was important. Mm-hmm. And, and, so uh, 
I was supposed to go to school, uh, start school in September, uh, almost a month after giving birth, mm -hmm. and I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I walked in and I couldn't relate, so I got a job uh, instead. And by October, <clears throat> I was working, and uh, again, my mother found out that I had quit school. I was 16 by then, and I could. Mm -hmm. And um, and she picked me up and took me down to the same brother who had me before and dropped me off um, because Bill had moved up to where we lived and he was insisting on seeing me and um, she wanted to get me away from him. Now meanwhile did your mom know you'd had your son and all of that or because she had dropped you off at your brother's house before you uh, were back to the home right? Well no this was this was after I'd given birth. Okay. Uh, my mother had moved again. She moved to Alhambra and uh, had started a new job. I'm sorry I left all this out, but <laughs> I'm trying well, but, to but do my question was My question was, was she in communication with you during the time you had your child? Um, oh, because, oh, I see what you're saying. Back yeah. when, no, I hadn't seen her until the day that she picked me up from the home after okay. I had my okay. baby. Okay. And um, she told, she had seen him. She got to see him. And oh, that really? just enraged me. She said, there's something distinctive about his eyes. And I just thought, what? How, really? how did you get to see him? And yeah. I, I didn't. And, and I was just, I was, it was very perplexing to me and, and hurtful and so yes she had she picked me up and brought me to their to our new home her new home in Alhambra and I I started school in Alhambra high school and a, a month later and Bill had moved up to Alhambra and so you know he was following me around he wouldn't leave me alone he was obsessed with me but he was also very abusive still and and insisted on getting favors and mm. so on. It was it was very debilitating and and very controlling. And uh, he believed that you know I should be with him, and that was it. So she tried to get me away from him by taking me back to my brother and his wife's house. And then my father called one day, <laughs> and he and his wife thought. I should get married. <laughs> this is not, so. Was this out of the blue? Well, it was because I hadn't talked to him, and he and his wife wanted to meet Bill. They had heard that I was, you know, running away from this obsessed guy, and they wanted to assess him. And my stepmother just loved him. She said, "Oh, he's so cute, and he's so nice, and this and that." And she said, we'll sign for you. Well, I think she just wanted to get rid of me. So, mm. and But that's what Bill wanted. And so I guess I wanted it all to be done. Mm -hmm. And so they signed for us to be married. And I, so I turned 16 in October and I got married in November. Mm. And uh, his mother wanted to get rid of him too. Um, and we moved into his house in Alhambra, and then I found out I was pregnant. Mm. 
mm. again. And well, he and his mother told me, well, now you have to get an abortion because this is going to ruin your lives. And I just couldn't hear of it. Mm -hmm. I just said, I've just lost a child. Yeah. I yeah. can't. I can't do this. Yeah. And they were so mad at me, both of them. And um, so Bill wanted the child. He did not want a child. Okay. okay. He did not. But since I refused to get an abortion, he um, he said, "Fine, then." Uh, you know, this is going to be on my terms. And mm. uh, and so he went into the Navy so we could afford it, pay for the baby. We moved in with his mother. I became the babysitter to his three younger brothers. And again, I was very isolated. And at about eight months pregnant, I found, um, I I called Pat's mother. I knew her name. I looked her up. And I just wanted him to have the picture of the baby because mm -hmm. if Bill found it he would destroy it mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't tell her who I was or what I had done with her grandchild you know right. um, but she said oh he's in the army he'll be back you know I didn't leave a message and then I went to the house which was not far from where we were living mm -hmm. and gave Pat the picture and I said please keep this safe so pat this, was there when you went there. he was yeah it was okay. a, a, it was like a miracle you know like what is the what are the chances mm. <laughs> that he'd be on leave from mm. the army at the same wow. time that i walked past his house i mean i wow. kind of knew the time frame but yeah it was bizarre and we didn't say much to each other mm -hmm. he knew he could see i was pregnant um i didn't explain mm -hmm. Uh, I was, I just didn't have the heart. Right, right. It was, right. he hadn't known any of this. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was that. I didn't see him for 21 years and I didn't get the wow. picture back for 21 years, but wow. I did get the picture back, by okay. the way. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and so I went back to Bill and, well, we ended up divorcing after our son was born. I'm skipping a lot because it's a long story. And yeah, I get yeah. That. We'll wrap up and get the hot topic. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I divorced him, married someone else, uh, an older man, and had his child at 19. Mm. And when we divorced, because he was he was an older man and he was in trouble a lot. He'd been mm. in jail a lot, in prison actually a lot. And when I divorced him, he started kidnapping our daughter. Mm. And so I made the decision when I was 23, because I was still uneducated. I still had no income way of making money. I, I had no job skills, you know, really. And I signed her away to his brother mm. and sister-in-law. So I had a child that I was raising, and I had placed two children by then. And right. I became very depressed and very right. self-destructive. And um, since then, I've had 
the task of recovering from that mm-hmm. trauma right. and traumas, traumas, yes, traumas. multiple, right? <laughs> yes, right. complex but trauma. The way I look at it is the trajectory started when I had to give my first child away, yeah. and I was told that I was not a fit mother. Yeah. It affected yeah. the child that I had after Mm -hmm. because I was afraid that they were coming and I didn't want to ask people for advice because that would look like I didn't know what I was doing Mm -hmm. and why had they let me take this baby when it was just a year after they had taken away my first you know none of it made sense to me yeah and um, I had my tubes tied after my daughter was born because I thought you know I keep making these bad choices and these children I'm so fertile and I didn't know if I could ever afford birth control. Right. So I, I made that decision. So but, how are you um, recovering? What's been your steps well, to recovery? Since I've, had yeah. okay. I've had a lot of therapy. I've had a lot of therapy. I moved to another state. I moved to Arizona so I wouldn't uh, go visit her as agreed. It was okay. an open adoption, but okay. I agreed not to see her. Or try to contact her and I didn't see her for 12 years but through that time I started educating myself Mm -hmm. it took a long time to believe I was even smart enough to get an education Uh I graduated with a GED when I was 28 okay and then I started college and I started liking to be a learned person right you know? right I started right. like and I started realizing that education mm-hmm. is an equalizer yes it is yes it is and no matter what they can't take your knowledge of your education away they exactly. can't do that they can't exactly. take it away no no mm-hmm. and I've had good therapies and bad therapies mm-hmm. I've had some that have brought me to my knees and mm-hmm. and that I've wanted to kill myself after mm-hmm. and I've had bouts of you know, drinking my sorrows away, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've had a little time of drug abuse, and mm-hmm. um, and and in the meantime, I'm raising this middle child who's yeah. putting up with all of that. So yeah. Yeah. it was traumatic for everyone, and yeah. and I don't discount my children's experiences. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Um, yeah. But, but why did ne- you want to share your story then? Why did you want to share? Well. The biggest thing, I think, is, as you say, there's a healing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first time I've ever said it publicly, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's a bit scary. Sure it's, it is. It's a very unusual story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It goes on and on and on. Um, there are many it, layers. There are many layers yes. to our grief, yes. our trauma. Many yes. layers. Yeah. I'll always say that 1967, 68 was the worst year of my life. Mm. And uh, and then having to give my daughter Lily mm-hmm. away uh, right. was the second worst. Right. And right. so um, I I but in the meantime I I tried very hard to better myself even mm-hmm. though I had a lot of false starts and stops. Mm-hmm. And eventually I uh, I got into education. I became a teacher. I was a teacher for 37 years. I've just recently retired. Um, My master's is in child development. Awesome. Um, You're giving back to what you needed. 
yeah. you know, don't you find that a lot of us do? My, yes. The platform of Birth Moms Real Talk was to share and give moms yes. a platform that I didn't have. I always would say, I was talking, but nobody was listening. But yes. so, 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 so th- this gives, and people are listening now. People are listening to these it's birth true. moms. They are. It's true. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So you are listened to. All the all the people, all the moms, you are listened to, and that itself is just gratifying and saying because you're yes. wor- you're worthy to be listened to. Yes, yes, you're and worthy. I think I think you're really performing a great service to this hidden thing that's mm-hmm. been going on for years. I mm-hmm. mean, all of us lived in secrecy mm-hmm. at, at some level. You know, mm-hmm. you can't talk about it in mixed company. Mm-hmm. And if you try to talk about it to one person, they right. say these things like, oh, well, that was probably a good decision at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, that was best or whatever. Mm-hmm. They don't know right. what it meant yes. to do that or yes. even to our child what it meant to be right. adopted. And So, so what I would you this, say? Let me ask you that. What would yeah. you say to society? Because see, it was a lot of society in that day. That those the days that you you were coming up. For example, one you couldn't go to school, you were expelled, and all of that. Right. So, what would you say to society of how they need to do this? <laughs> well, that's interesting. I th- I think first of all, uh, people who who are young, both boys and girls, should be educated about. Mm-hmm these things and uh, about life, you know, yes. about, uh, about children, about the value mm-hmm. of life. I mean, basically mm-hmm. the message to me was, it's no big deal that you give your child away, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's even a good thing, a better thing. So I or think- Or that it's easy. Of, yeah. course you, of course you move on, you forget about it. All lies. No, all lies. <laughs> all, all lies. lies. Yeah. But just the value of life and, and an alternative to that lifelong separation and, mm-hmm. and trauma. You know, why not embrace the family? Yes. And, yes. you know, if, if a person is, I, I, I don't know, I have my ideas, but mm-hmm. and it's probably impractical, but why not adopt the mother and the baby, not adopt in, mm-hmm. in the traditional sense, but to take care of both of them so that they right. can thrive. I could have raised my son. I know I could have. Right. Well, you know um, what? What you just said, because I have that same ideology myself. Uh, I, did, I was not in an uh, um, unwed and birth mom's home. Right. But the I scenar- But the scenario of there were homes available to take care of the mom to place the child. Yes. What about if there's a place for, as you say, the mom to go and fight? Because it's really on a period of time. Because I've made it very clear. It was only because I didn't have support then. Yes. Support then right. that I placed my son. If I'd had support or even for a short while, my son would not have been placed. Exactly. And I see that's the same with a lot of different moms. Right, so right. the scenario I, was, we'll, we'll take care of you and you place your, your, your child. Well, how about given what's needed, as you just say, whether it's adoption or what, whatever scenario, providing that for preservation of family, which is a mom and child. Right. I, I think I like the saying that I've heard around birth moms, and that is that adoption is 
a permanent solution mm -hmm. to a temporary problem. Absolutely. And and that is key, I mm -hmm. think. And and uh, I remember when I was in the home, either I was told this or I assumed this, that if I didn't place my child, I'd be responsible for the payment mm -hmm. of the stay and the hospital, the mm -hmm. board and room, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I, I think I thought that, or maybe I was told that, but it right. was a lot of pressure. Yes, and yes, so, yes, yes. You know, just having that provided would have been, you mm -hmm. know, would have been good to mm -hmm. know that that I, there wasn't that pressure. Right, you know? right. And and I think and th I'm calling that the our, our hot topic that we've talked about today because society thinks that that was the only solution then, yeah. and I, and I say I'm not against adoption, but I am against how the I don't even want to it's whether well, it's it's open adoptions now, which is different, but the scenario that you've got to forget about it. See, it's a lot of lies that were told years yes. ago. There are a lot of lies still told now, and yeah. because of that. It causes the mom to not believe in herself because you're hearing all of this stuff. And so it depends on how strong you are and how strong can you be when you're going through this trauma. And much less if something else has happened. You know, yeah. not just counting one or two or three of the traumas you've been through. That imagine the fact of what you had to go through. And really, and even, even with giving support to the point that you can have the grace and healing after you've given birth. You right. know, I, I had, didn't have therapy. You know, as I said, I walked in the house because nobody had asked about it. You had a boy or girl. I got a son, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it's yeah. like of having the courage to announce that and, and just standing on that too. Yeah. Standing on that. But yeah. then when you've got fours and coming at you or not even talking to you because when you when you give a brick wall to a person, that, that shows you you don't value that person. Because you exactly. value that person, you will be listening to me and you will be talking to me. You're yeah. not trying to hide me in the basement, the attic, or anything right. else or think it's going to embarrass you. I am not an embarrassment. You see, I'm getting on my soapbox here now. Good for you. <laughs> but I it's so it. true. It yes. is so true. I've yes. heard so many stories. I think it's over 40 birth moms have shared their story. And it's like it's all kinds of stuff happening. All yeah. kinds of stuff happening. Yeah. And so the mom has to work through that trauma she's been through and deal with this coming from the right, from the left, or whatever, right, and so forth. It's right. like fighting. You actually are fighting for your life, yes. for your life and the belief in yourself. And that's what it takes is believing yeah. in yourself to yes. get that grace and that healing so you can live your best life. Right. That's what it's all about. And honestly, it's interesting that you would say that because my note, here for the hot topic uh -huh. that you you asked me to come up with is uh -huh. self self advocacy yes self-esteem yes if yes. you have that yes and you're able to do that mm -hmm. you know knowing that you what your choices are mm -hmm. and uh that means that you you have choices yes it's so important absolutely and, um yeah, I I'm still working on healing. Sure, I I go to therapy. Sure. I found a new therapy called okay. EMDR that's yeah, helping mm -hmm, a lot, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm just amazed that that I'm I'm finally starting to get through some of yeah, this. So yeah. so there's it's just persevering yes. and searching and yeah. trying to find you know what works. Okay. My last sharing. question: Have you been in reunion with either of your children? 
I have. I met my daughter, uh, Lily, when she was uh, 15. Okay. Uh, it was very complicated. Her therapist at the time thought it would be best if she meet me. Okay. And uh, But I've I've had the pleasure of, of being a nana to her two children, okay. and that's just been the most glorious thing. Mm. I mean, I can't even tell you. Right. It, was, it was wonderful. Um, uh, they've, they're, the youngest is 22 now, so okay. oh, wow. uh, I know. You start young, you get young grandchildren. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I mean, your grandchildren get older right. <laughs> easily, you know, fast or something. Yes, yes. My son... Um, Joey, he's not very open, but I've okay. been in reunion with him since okay. he was 34. So, okay. Okay. Um, and and I know the birth father, Pat. Um, I've been in a relationship with him for 30 years again wow. since I got the picture back. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and that's another story that we don't I have know, time for. I know that's part two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I won't. I best won't go part into that. Too. But it's it's and it's complicated. Okay. It really is. Okay. But um, you know, I'm dealing with that too. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for this opportunity, oh, though. Um, so happy for you, Beth. And the yeah. thing about it is that it's lifelong. Adoption is lifelong. Oh, absolutely. You, it's nothing. Well, let me just go through this. And I'm gonna get over this. And I can put it back. No, yeah. you can't. Like and they said. <laughs> like they said. You know. But it's the processing, and it's. Ups and downs. Yeah. It is reunion is hard because the emotions are just so deep. Yeah, they're just so deep. But There's dealing so with them builds up. Yes, There's yes, so much mist. yes. And that's what I found yes. with Joey yes. is that he he realizes the more he knows me, uh -huh. the more painful it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he met my sister and her children, and they told stories of their lives, right. and he was just sitting there like. Yeah. Oh my he gosh, didn't have that you know? with you. He didn't have uh, that with I, you. I, it just yeah. hurts, I think, yeah. too much. Oh, yeah. And uh, that, so. Yeah. That hurt, that hurt, as you said, for as we're looking at us as birth moms, but the adoptees, I say all the time, they're the ones that had no decision, no, yes. nothing to say with that, were That's clueless, right. but still the emotions were there. And so the other thing I say for is that needs to be taught more in the adoption um, constellation is with adoptive parents. Your child had a life before you got your yes. child. Whether yes. it's one day, two days, three days, 12 days, they had a life. Right. They didn't just pop up in the cabbage patch. And right. now, and now right. they're your adoptive child. So we, the adoptive, everybody's got to do their work. That's what I yeah. say. Everyone yeah. has to do their healings. Yeah. All three in the triad. And only and it's then. Hard. It's hard. It and is it's hard. hard. It's it hard is. for the willing. Yes. It's hard yes. for the willing. I've been willing to yeah. to find a method of healing yeah. my grief. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for it me. It is hard. It is hard. And we and see, and what I look at it, Beth, is that when we acknowledge that it's hard, but we still go through it. Yes. And you hear me, yes. my analogy always is a roller coaster. Yes. And sometimes I, I've been thrown off the roller coaster and I'm thrown on the ground. And sometimes I stay on that ground for a minute because yes. I need to recover. Yes. yes. That's yes. that's how deep it is. And, yes. and, and, and I've heard listeners, adoptees will listen, a lot of people will listen. And I hear them look, looking at or listening to that because it really is. That's what it is. Because unless you've been through it, and I say the triad itself and been through it, other people don't understand. And that's why, too, there are a lot of people who are not even involved in adoption who will be listening. And they need to listen. 
They need to listen to know what others of us are going through. It is not an easy path, but it's It's worth everything. It's It's worth everything. Yes. To me, it's astounding. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's astounding Mm -hmm. how many of us there are. And that means there are that many and and maybe more children out there who are affected. And the families, the extended families. Exactly. I mean, this is a huge mm-hmm. secret. The elephant mm-hmm. in the room. The elephant in the early. room. <laughs> Listen to the podcast is just yes. released this today. Yes. <laughs> Who's talking to the elephant in the room? Because you yes. reckon you see the elephant and everybody's walking around the elephant and nobody yeah. wants to talk to it because they know the elephant gonna tell the truth. <laughs> Let's pretend. <laughs> Let's pretend. Yeah. You know that it doesn't exist. I my, know. My siblings can't even talk. I know about it. Mine's we even. don't, you Mine's know, it's even. like Mm-mm. nobody wants to know, Mm-mm. but it, they Mm-mm. need to know. This Mm-mm. is a huge part of society. That is it. And until so you talk you. about it, you're not going to heal. That's a fact. I'll say that because until you talk about because you've got to acknowledge it. That's the yes. first step. First step yes. is acknowledging. Yeah. Thank you so much, Beth. We're going to call you the adventures of Beth because there's <laughs> many twists and turns <laughs> and all of that with that. But it's, it gave the picture of your journey. See, that's the whole thing I say for is in sharing your journey for whatever your journey is. That's why I don't try to put in, I can't put in for is what you went through, but you can share your journey. And that's Thank what we you. So you've been listening to Birth Moms Real Talk with a hot topic <laughs> of your self-esteem. You've got to hold on to that and believe in yourself. Reunion is hard. All of this grieving is hard, but you can get through it. You can get, we're in this together. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you again. Bye-bye. You have been listening in to Birth Moms Real Talk Podcast, a platform where birth moms and natural moms share their stories, their journeys. If you are a birth or natural mom and wish to share your story, please go to our website at www.birthmomsrealtalk.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Birth Moms Real Talk. Join our private Birth Moms Real Talk Village, a private Facebook and a monthly Zoom, a welcome package with a journal and book readings. Support us through Patreon, on our website, or PayPal. We are the place of grace and healing. See you next time.